Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie and I am your host. And boy, this is turned down all the way. Hi. This episode of Kilowatt is brought to you by our one and only Patreon supporter. If you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt. Once we get 10 patrons, then I'm going to give away a Tesla uh, supercharger desktop charger to charge your phone. So if you're interested in that, uh, check out patreon.com forward slash kilowatt. I would appreciate it. All right. Hope everybody had a good week. Right before I started recording this podcast, I found out my iPad has 2% battery life. That's not going to work. So I am going to read the notes from my computer, which might make it a little bit more janky. But we'll see here. You know, let's talk about the thing that I like real quick. Start it off right. I have an Xbox One X, and it does 4K playback. So I went and I bought the Force Awakens. No, no, the Return, the Last Jedi. I've only seen five minutes of the movie, so I have no idea if it's in the movie's any good or not. But the 4K looks amazing. So. Highly suggested. It's the thing that I like right now. Hopefully sometime next week I'll have a chance to actually watch the movie. Okay, let's get right in to the news. Here we go. Pull this up here. Bloomberg Model 3 update, according to Bloomberg, and we'll go into more of um, the Model 3 numbers later on. But according to Bloomberg's Model 3 update... Tesla is currently at 1,076 a week, Model 3s a week, for a total of 11,673. Again, we have no idea if that information is correct or not, so just kind of keep that in the back of your head. But it is um, somewhat of a gauge until we hear from Elon and the other executives at the next Tesla event, the investor event. The new onboard computer, um, which uh, Tesla says is about twice as fast as the old one, that can actually, this is kind of a little update, that can actually be retrofitted in older cars. I don't know exactly how far back, but
but that's that's good news. And then I've got some videos, and I highly suggest going to the show notes to take a look at those videos, which I'll get to the show notes. I'm going to post the, the audio for this tonight, and I'll do the show notes tomorrow because it's 10, 12, and I still have a ton of stuff to do before I go to bed. So here's the kilobits section. This episode, so I mentioned last week, and by the way, welcome to all the new listeners because we've got a ton of listeners this week. And I really appreciate everybody that's listening and everyone who has been listening. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but I announced that because I got some feedback and it was negative and it was a lot of it was kind of fair. So I've been trying to play with the format. The, originally, this podcast was only supposed to be between 15 and 20 minutes. I think a better number is between 20 and 30, which is about how long it takes most people to get to work. So that's my goal. That's my aim. So we'll see if we can do that tonight. I didn't do so much in the kilobits section, um, which the kilobits section is just kind of like headlines with a little bit of content uh, to talk about, but it's not supposed to or designed to be anything that we go in depth in. And then later in the news section, we go more in depth. Oh, geez. Hi. We're not ending yet. Let's mute that. Sorry about that. So... Uh, more in the Daily Tech News Show kind of vein for this, um, that we're doing this. But, so this week, Tesla had a very bad week. They had the Model X crash, which we talked about last week. Um, Moody's, which is some company, they downgraded their stock. They lost some money. Uh, there's some Model S stuff that's going on. We'll talk about all that. So I just kind of wanted to concentrate more um, on the news section. So I made the kilobit section fairly small this week so let's get into that shall we um we're actually going to talk about that are we tesla issued a voluntary recall on 123,000 pre-2018 excuse me pre-2000 pre-april let's start over Tesla issued a voluntary recall on all 123,000 pre-April 2016 Model S vehicles. Apparently, the power steering component uh, made by Bosch, the bolts could corrode in cold climates where they use calcium or magnesium road salts to melt the ice on the roads. And uh, that's causing those bolts to corrode and bolts falling off cars, especially in the power steering area that's that's bad so they're just doing a voluntary recall so that's one bad day that tesla's having a taiwanese um this is from simon alvarez the first story was from fred lambert at, at uh, electric simon alvarez the from tesla Roddy, uh, a taiwanese tesla owner received a software update that improves the speed of the display on his on model s's and model x's now, this isn't the new onboard computer that we were talking about earlier in the updates, uh, but this is a a uh, positive for Model S and Model X owners because maybe you can't afford, and I don't know what Tesla's going to charge for those uh, new onboard computers, but maybe you can't afford an onboard computer, but this update just kind of makes your display feel snappier, and hopefully everything else behind the scenes is snappier as well. Finally, in the kilobit section... Uh, Fred Lambert, Waymo will be using uh, the Jaguar I-Pace for its self-driving efforts. So we've talked quite a bit about the I-Pace, and I won't go back into that 
today, I just listened to the um, episodes. I think we talked about the last two, maybe three episodes. So uh, good news for Jaguar, for sure. Um, the iPace is a little cheaper than the Model X. Uh, currently, Waymo is using Chrysler minivans. I have the same minivan, and it's escaping me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Waymo. Google this here. Chrysler Pacifica. There we go. Chrysler Pacifica. They're, I think they're using the hybrid version of the Pacifica, which I don't have. It wasn't out, and I didn't have any faith that Chrysler was actually going to release it, so we didn't go with it. I should have waited. Anyway, let's get to the news section. So what I did to kind of streamline this, instead of going through multiple people, multiple articles um, that are attributed to a, a publication and a writer, I just kind of made an amalgamation of uh, the story. So I took, went through multiple stories. I'm going to credit all of the authors and the um, publications, but then we'll talk about just kind of the story all together. Because what happens is when I do this research is I get the information from multiple sources. So uh, CNN Money, uh, Kaya Uruf, Quartz, Michael J. Corin, Fred Lambert from Electric, and Reuters. So Tesla lost about 15% of its, uh, Tesla stock lost about 15% this week after a series of really bad luck. Um, the NTSB is investigating that Model X that crashed in Mountain View. And then uh, Moody's downgraded their credit rating. And I don't know how all of this financial credit rating downgrading stuff works. Uh, but they did. Um, there's a lot of talk about Tesla not being able to get the Model 3s out. We'll talk a lot about that later. So low production rates for the Model 3 is what also led to this stock drop. And it looks like they lost over $4 billion in a day. Um, that has reco recovered a little bit since then. Um, Jack Thompson, the CEO, or yeah, Jack Thompson, the CEO of Vilas Capital Management, said that Tesla will be bankrupt in four months if Elon doesn't pull a rabbit out of his hat. Um, we're going to find out more in the investor stock meeting. I don't know how much Tesla's going, th I don't know what their burn rate is right now, how much cash they're going through every month, but I know it's pretty significant. And um, I was watching a little TV spot with Fred Lambert, and he says I wouldn't bet against Elon. But here's the thing. I'm, I, I think Elon's a very smart man, obviously. I'm a little bit of a fanboy about it. But I don't about him. Everybody can fail. Like, he's not a messiah. He's a, a man who's been very, very fortunate in his um, in his business dealings. So, I mean, Tesla almost made him go bankrupt, from what I understand. Um, currently, SpaceX is knocking out of the park. Um, Tesla is not. So, uh, the boring company... Um, is what he calls like it's almost less of a hobby there's barely anybody can uh, working on the boring company according to Elon so I guess the point is when people say that they wouldn't um, 
bet against Elon, that shows faith. But the reality is, is uh, failing is much easier than winning. So Elon's got a pretty sizable bank account, but he can't float Tesla for that long. I'm not saying Tesla's going to go away because they certainly don't think that that's going to happen. Like I talked a couple of weeks ago about how someone will almost certainly buy them and keep them afloat because it's a valuable brand. We don't know how well those um, that company will would be the if they'd be a good steward of Tesla or if they would just take the name and build crappy cars. Don't know, and I hope it doesn't happen. I would like Tesla to be um, continuing. To push the envelope like they are but on the other side there does come a time when people are going to be like you know what this is kind of a sinking ship i'm not going to invest more money in into this um people elon still has a lot of of uh cachet i guess say um so he i'm sure he can keep the company funded for for quite a um few more months but the model three really has to uh start being built and get out the door so that they can become they can have a profitable quarter and show a little good faith to the investors okay next up is TechCrunch. megan rose dickey so max warburton and tony Sak- sakonagi I hope that's correct. Um, I practiced it before. Uh, analyst for, I said Bear Stern, but I don't know if that was a Bernstein. Uh, they think that Tesla is overusing automation with the Model 3. And uh, Tesla's trying to automate, obviously, the beginning of the Model 3 process to the end. But where they think the problem is, is the final assembly. Uh, according to Warburton and Sakonagi, Sakonagi, yeah, uh, they say that automating uh, 50% of the final assembly would only save five hours of human labor. So, if it goes to reason, automating 100%, it would be about 10 hours of human labor. Um, so, what they're what they're arguing is. Is and that doesn't seem like very much, but I'm sure over a year that ends up, uh, and every car that they produce that actually ends up being a pretty significant number. Uh, but they don't say what that number is. But what they are arguing is replacing five workers um, with robots. That would mean replacing those workers with skilled like engineers, programmers, people to work, maintenance workers to work on the robots to keep them running. And that would cost about twice the price for each employee. I have no idea if any of this is true. Uh, that's just what uh, these two analysts are saying. Analysts typically, as a rule, have a good insight into what's going on in the area that they're analyzing. However, they don't have the full inside scoop. So you got to take that kind of with a grain of salt. Like uh, Gene Munster he said like every quarter for a year, like three years, that Apple was going to come out with its very own TV. And so far, Apple does not have its very own TV. So analysts, you know, they're, they're there for financial reasons. I don't fully understand their jobs any more than they probably fully understand my job, my real job. So 
Um, it's just another thing that, uh, if Tesla was succeeding right now, if they were making money and producing these Model 3s at a rate around uh, 5,000 cars a week or above that, n nobody would be saying any of this stuff, to be honest with you. But because they're not, and it seems like they're struggling, um, we have a lot of naysayers, we have a lot of Tesla's doomed. Again, I don't think Tesla's doomed, uh, but I do think it's important for them to kind of start ramping up production because at some point they're going to be doomed. Um, to me, doomed means you're done. Not Doomed does not mean, um, oh, you get a second chance. Doomed is you're done. So this next uh, story comes from Fred Lambert and Eric Loveday at Inside EVs. Fred Lambert from Electric. Tesla says that Model 3 production is over 200 a day, which we talked about the Bloomberg, um, and they, what did they say it was? Um, they said it was 1,000 a week, so that's that's probably pretty accurate to what Bloomberg said. Um, and they're getting close to 2,500 a week um, for the Model 3s. Tesla is currently asking their co-workers their workers to prove the negative Nancy's wrong. They sent out a memo. They were like, we have all these naysayers and there's a thousand reasons why this, is, this should succeed. Uh, pick the one that talks to your gut. I'm paraphrasing all this and go out there and prove these guys wrong. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't, but they're pushing them to get to 300 a day. Um, and I think that's by the end of the quarter. That would be pretty good. Um, but if they're running, even if they're running seven days a week, you know, that's that's only 2,100 cars uh, a week. And that's not, I don't know how that's close to 2,500, which is what they said they're getting close to. But who knows? It's a far cry from the 5,000. And that's really, they need to hit that mark. And once they hit that mark, I think all bets are off. It's just going to keep going. Um, it's going to get more and more positive. For Tesla, but until they do that, man, it's just going to be a rough road, a rough road for them. Uh, one of the things we talked about last week is uh, Tesla shut down the Model Three lines to retool. They actually said they, um, yeah, and who knows really what they did, and we won't go into that here. But I hope, I mean, fingers crossed, man. I really want them to succeed, and I want them to do well, and I want the Model Y really bad that's selfish of me but i do so um hopefully they'll they'll get they'll get it done they did this is i don't know if this has been confirmed by tesla or not it seems like more of a rumor but they did shut down the model s and model x production for the time being to just kind of get the model 3 not even back on track because it was never on the track they're just trying to get it on the track and get the wheels lined up that's um, there, there is no back on track. It was, there's never been a track. <laughs> They're laying the track, um, to try and get this car, uh, up and running. So, and one of the things, and it's easy to money, money quarterback, but one of the things that we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, I think is Tesla for like, they were like, there's a whole, like, kind of like a beta testing phase for these cars before they're released. And Tesla decided, well, we're not going to do that. And maybe that was a bad uh, choice. Maybe they should have done the little beta testing section so that the 
the the product would flow better. Maybe it wouldn't have made a difference. I don't know. And until we build the time machine, we'll never know. So uh, let's see. Here. This next uh, story is from TechCrunch. Megan Rose Dickey. Uh, Fred Lambert from Electrek, Simon Alvarez from Tesla-Rati, and Inside EV Stephen Loveday. This is the final story, and this is about the Model X crash. Um, normally, we wouldn't talk about car crashes so much because my belief is is that all cars are going to crash, and it's not that big of a deal. But this one is a little bit different. Uh, one, it's right in Tesla's backyard. And two, um, there some details come out that make it a little bit more interesting. So let's talk about it. What we know, Tesla has confirmed that autopilot was activated with adapted cruise control follow distance. So how far it follows the car in front of it was set to minimum. I don't know what minimum is. Um, the car tried to warn the driver and um it says the driver ignored the warnings but we don't know if this guy had a medical incident so it, it we just don't know so it says the driver ignored the warnings to take control don't know if that's true he did not the warnings went off and he did not take control uh the driver this is what tesla said the driver had received several visual and one audible hands-on warning early in the drive and the driver's hands were not detected on the wheel for six seconds prior to the collision. Uh, Tesla wrote in the blog post, the driver had about five seconds and 150 meters of unobstructed view of the concrete divider with, within the crash, crushed crash attenuator. We'll talk what that is. But the vehicle logs show that no action was taken. So it looks like, for whatever reason, the car made alerts. The driver did not react to those alerts, whether that was because he was ignoring them or because there was an actual medical problem. We don't know. Or if he was just being uh, a neglectful driver, he hit the concrete barrier that separates the two lanes. Now, the the crash attenuator, this is the thing that... Um, keeps you from it slows you down and keeps you from hitting that concrete wall at freeway speeds so it's those metal things on the road that you see um that kind of have a a wedge shape to them and they will gen they will have like a a yellow and black um reflective sign on them so that you know not to hit them um this damage was so extreme to the car, partly because of the fire, but also because the that metal barrier, that attenuator, um, had been there was an accident before, and it hadn't been it it had been um, damaged and it hadn't been replaced yet. So instead of hitting the attenuator and it slowing the vehicle down, it pretty much just hit the concrete divider which then eventually caused the car to catch on fire. Um, now, the Model X has a five-star safety rating. It has uh, 12 airbags, and the front of the car is basically a crumple zone. So what happens with the crumple zone, if you don't know, is it absorbs the impact to keep the people in the compartment safe. 
So it absorbs all of that energy so that energy doesn't go towards you, to you, to the people in the, the, the passenger compartment. With an ICE car or an internal combustion engine car, that engine is going to be pushed into the compartment. Um, and the dash is going to roll up onto whoever um, is in the front seat. Uh, oftentimes, they'll get their feet stuck underneath the gas pedals or brake pedal. There's, there's, it's, it's not good. I'm not saying that ICE cars are inherently dangerous because that's not the case. But in terms of protection, because that crumple zone for the Tesla, the best possible uh, protection was there because that absorbed a lot of energy. So when when the driver hit this barrier, um, there's so much energy that occurred that it caused him with the airbags and the crumple zone uh, to become injured to the point where he eventually passed away from those injuries, from what I read. Um, the Tesla battery packs, we talked about how it caught on fire, and it basically, the whole front of the car, there, you could see the pack, the, the back seat, that was it. So we talked about uh, the battery packs, and this, it is one of my fears is that it goes up very fast. I won't be able to get my kids out of the car if I'm driving a car, a electric car, like a Tesla. Uh, but the I guess the Tesla battery packs is what I've learned is they're designed to burn slowly. I don't know how they're designed to burn slowly, but they are. Um, and witnesses on scene confirmed that they did burn slowly. So that's a positive. Even though someone passed away, that is a positive because they did their job. If somebody had, um, well, there were no occupants in the vehicle. So whether the patient extricated himself from the vehicle or was forcibly extricated like he um, hit and then fell out of the vehicle was thrown from the vehicle um, I don't have that information uh, but the fire did not start while the driver was in the vehicle which uh, that is a positive um, not uh, not for this particular gentleman because obviously uh, things didn't work out, but for everybody else, if there is a fire, Tesla says that their a, a ICE car is five times more likely to catch on fire than an electric car. I don't know what information they have to back that up, but um, you know that you, I'm sure they wouldn't put out misinformation. Um, so. Again, there were no occupants in the car. The driver was taken to the, the hospital where he did eventually pass, sadly. So Tesla has a statement, and I'm not going to read it, mostly because I've tried reading it a couple of times, and it just sound dumb. But how they start this, I will read this part. How they start the statement um, is no one knows about the accidents that didn't happen, only the ones that did. That is a dumb statement. If an accident ha didn't happen, it's not an accident. I kind of know what they're saying. Oh, not kind of. I know what they're saying there, but it's not. That's a dumb way to 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 start that paragraph. But they do go on to say that there's about 1.25 million uh, automotive deaths worldwide, and if, with the current safety level of uh, where Tesla vehicles are at, that would mean if everybody had a Tesla, I'm sure Elon would love that. 900,000 lives would be saved a year. 
um, and they expect that the autonomous cars will be 10 times safer than non-autonomous cars within um, shortly. doesn't actually give a time. But basically, they then go on to say that bringing up this information, um, statistical safety points is how they call it, uh, at some point in time has, not at some point in time, in the past, they've been criticized for doing so, saying that they lack empathy for the tragedy that has occurred. And they are saying, no, we don't. We're just trying to get the information out there uh, and the disinformation where people are like, oh, electric cars and autonomous driving are not safe. They're just kind of defending that, how they do that or whether they're doing it uh, correctly. That's not really for me to say. I think it's fine. But then again, I have a job where... Um, I deal with this stuff on a shiftly basis, so I kind of understand where they're coming from. But the takeaway that Tesla really wants you to know about is uh, electric vehicles are not more dangerous than internal combustion vehicles. And autopilot, even though this occurred, is still safe to use. So that's kind of what they were they were going for there. Now, the NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Board, they sent out investigators to the Model X crash there in Mountain View, and they were able to recover um, the restraint module, the restraint control module, and the infotainment module. And that's how they know that the autopilot was engaged. Uh, the driver's brother did state that the Model X was brought into a service center prior to the accident for navigation issues. And Tesla was quick to point out probably rightfully so, that navigation issues are not autopilot issues. So just because there's a problem with the navigation, that does not mean that the autopilot is faulty. So they're going to look more into their service records to kind of see where that goes. And then um, here's kind of the thing that um, gets me. Now, in a normal car fire, in a normal ice car fire, like a Honda Accord or whatever, it catches on fire. Uh, in about 30 minutes, uh, the fire department's, it takes 30 minutes from calling 911 to the fire department to get there, put out the fire, repack their hose up, and get out. Um, sometimes it takes a little bit longer if it's a, a suspicious fire and you have to wait for the cops, but it's about 30 minutes. Call 911, fire department, fire guys and gals, get on the trucks, respond to the call, put out the fire, which doesn't take very long, generally. And uh, then, you know, roll up their hose or reload their hose, and they go back to the station. That's about 30 minutes or so. Uh, not so much with an EV. The uh, emergency workers, and uh, they were on scene for six hours. Now, technically, they weren't on the freeway for six hours, they had taken it back to an impound lot, and they had to stay on scene for six hours uh, waiting to see if this uh, car was going to reignite because of the lithium-ion batteries. Now, I don't know about other fire departments. I'm a firefighter, if you don't already know. I don't know about other fire departments out there, but there's no way we're going to sit for six hours in an impound lot waiting for this car to catch on, or, yeah, waiting for the car to catch on fire or to reignite 
it's just not going to happen. There are way more things. That is, that's an expensive six hours to have us sitting there with a truck, you know, three to five firefighters, depending on where they're at, where, where, the, where it is in the country, just sitting there waiting for this thing to catch on fire. That is a huge drain on the system and a waste of resources. Another thing uh, that Tesla recommends is that you need about 3,000 gallons of water to extinguish this an, an EV fire, or you just need to let it burn. Now, there's a lot of um, a lot of problems with letting it burn. One, there's the environmental impact. Two, especially in the Mountain View case, there is the the car is on the freeway, so letting it burn is the smoke's going to go across the freeway. It's going to cause uh, visibility problems, and people are going to get in more accidents. So letting it burn isn't always uh, an option. If it's in the middle of nowhere and you don't have enough water, yeah, let it burn. Um, just to give you an idea, most fire trucks, we have between 250 and 1,000 gallons of water, which is not 3,000 gallons. Uh, a lot of rural departments will have, like, tankers, um, and or tenders depending on where you're at and they'll have a, a pretty significant amount of water but if you live in the city which I, I live in phoenix i don't work for phoenix fire department but i live in phoenix uh we don't have there are tankers in the valley but we you know calling one out for every ev fire is maybe like they're slow they're not typically manned all the time so calling it out for an EV fire, it might already be, the car might already have burned. Like there's no sense in putting water on the fire if you can't put the fire out. So you have 750 gallons. Uh, most firefighters pride themselves in being able to put out a fire uh, with tank water and much, much less tank water than what is actually held on the truck. Um, you want to use as little water as possible to put that fire out because it's a pride thing. So a lot of firefighters have that pride thing, um, just how we are. So uh, 3,000 gallons, man, that's 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 a lot. Six hours, that's a lot. I, I don't know I don't know how this is going to work for the fire service because you can't, obviously can't take this car back to the impound lot, let it catch on fire, or whatever lot it's being taken to, let it catch on fire again, and then it'll catch all the other surrounding vehicles on fire. That doesn't... Like rekindles are bad in the fire service just in general, uh, and a rekindle car fire that's terrible. Um, it's not something you want. So um, it'll be interesting how the fire service and cops, uh, police departments adapt to this because it, it's going to be, it's just going to be new for everybody. And that's it, folks. That's the end of the podcast. Made it to. A little over 30 minutes, which, you know, pretty happy about that. Um, still trying to get it down to below 30 minutes, but let's just, let's say goodbye, shall we? Uh, if you want to email me, it's Bodie at 918digital.com. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, it's at 918digital, and that's B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com is my email, just in case you didn't know how to spell Bodie. Um, I'll put all this stuff in the show notes tomorrow. Um, if you want to support the podcast, go to kilowatt or go to uh, patreon.com forward slash kilowatt, and I would really appreciate that. Uh, 
And uh, thanks so much for listening. I hope everyone has a wonderful Easter if you celebrate Easter. And I hope you have a fantastic week. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.